is pinpointing the home of all sports news. And your host, Alex Lutowski. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Pinpointed. We are giving our reactions from the NFL Divisional Round weekend and so many good games. So let's go. Yes, yes. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Pinpointed. I'm your host, Alex Lazowski. Check us out on Spotify, Pinpointed, and our website, PinpointedSports.com. Check our socials, A. Lazowski1 on Twitter and Pinpointed Sports on Instagram. Hey, let's get into what transpired here this weekend. Four excellent games from the AFC and the a NFC Divisional Rounds. And... Let me start with the best one from the weekend. Seahawks versus the Packers. The Packers came out on top 20-23 to 23 in a very close, controversial ending to that game where a lot of people on Twitter and all over many media sites were saying that was, a first, uh, that was short of a first down, which would have created a fourth and one. And this catch was made by Jimmy Graham, who on TV... It looks like that was short of a first down, but when you look closer, you got to realize that that first down marker is shorter than the yellow line projected on the TV. And that's why it was called a first down, because indeed he landed on that exact marker, which was a yard shorter than what was portrayed on TV with the yellow line. So I agree completely with the decision by the refs. And the overreactions by, let's say, Pete Carroll, of course he would overreact, and many overreactions from fans outside. They have no real shame in doing so. They lost in a very close game, but the ruling on the field was correct. And you got to agree with the refs. They did an excellent job figuring this out and going into the replay and finding out what really happened. But overall, the game was fantastic. A repeat of a playoff game that happened a couple years ago where Seattle came back after being down 16-0 in, in, um, in Seattle. And they came back with a fake field goal, onside kick, and a 50-yard throw in overtime to win it against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But you got to hand it to the Packers. They played a phenomenal game. Aaron Rodgers looked like the vintage Aaron Rodgers he used to be. Again, he's 36 years old. He's in decline, and you have to admit that. Many, play, many guys, especially like me, I love Aaron Rodgers, have to realize that, again, his, this year was, a very, was not a very good year for Aaron Rodgers. His stats were much lower. He was 18th, 21st in completion percentage, excuse me, and his QBR was 18th in the league. Nothing spectacular, middle of the road, mediocre if you want to say it as well. But... When it counts most, there's not many more players, QBs, that you want to trust than Aaron Rodgers. His ability to make the throws on the run and in the pocket is one of the best. And another player you can name is Patrick Mahomes, who is as good as that, if not better, especially ahead of his young age. But like I said, Aaron Rodgers made the key plays when he needed to. Third and eight on the last drive to Devontae Adams. A beautiful throw over the shoulder. That brought the game with two minutes left um, and only two timeouts left for the Seahawks. That brought them on a brink of elimination. And then again, another third down. Aaron Rodgers sinks it into Graham. Jimmy Graham, the tight end. And he 
lands on the first down, calls it the first down, and then the Packers just need the rest of the way. And overall, the Packers aren't any special team by any means. I expect them fully to lose against the 49ers next weekend. But the Packers are what I call a good, but not a great team. They have Aaron Rodgers, yes. They have Devontae Adams, yes. They have Aaron Jones. He had the, he was, he had the most touchdowns, rushing touchdowns this year. And another 1,000-yard rushing season for him. But that's really all they've got for talent and firepower offensively. And you have to realize that while, yes, they are a great, they are a good team, they aren't Super Bowl, they shouldn't be having Super Bowl aspirations. Now, again, the only, re, the only way they can come out into the Super Bowl is because of Aaron Rodgers. But the way he's been playing all year, you can't expect him to do such a thing. That's what greatness comes from quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, a two-time MVP, Super Bowl champion, that you can come out and play these kind of games where you can be elite, all-world all talent. You can be clutch in the situations where needed be, like he was against Seattle. Now, Seattle, they didn't really play a great game plan. They couldn't run the ball again for the second straight week in the playoffs. Like I said last week, that's one of their big weaknesses. Even getting Marshawn Lynch, he wasn't very helpful, but he wasn't a liability as well. So it, was a, it wasn't too risky to sign him back after losing your top two running backs in Carson and Penny. But the game plan was very little run effective. It was all on Russell Wilson. Like I said last week, if the Seattle wants to go deep into the playoffs, it's going to have to be because of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson on the last scoring drive, hear this out, accounted for 68 out of the 76 yards. There was no, not even a third down on that drive. And he was eluding the pass rush the whole night. He got sacked a couple times, tens of 20s of hurries. He was out of the pocket more than he was throwing in the pocket because the offensive line couldn't give him any protection. So what is Russell Wilson supposed to do He's got pretty good wide receivers, but what is he supposed to do with a, a non-existent run game and a mediocre offensive line? On the road again for the second straight week, they had the opportunity to take home field advantage and the first place in the NFL if they just had one more yard against the 49ers in the last game they played. But that's how the road goes. It's the NFL and most sports games and most sports are about momentum. And the Seahawks were riding a momentum that wasn't sustainable throughout the playoffs. Their team wasn't good enough. The coaching was neither great or bad, really, from Pete Carroll. He's an excellent coach, but he had some interesting calls in the game, not running effectively enough, not creating enough um, opportunities for Russell Wilson um, to not just have to throw the ball and run outside the pocket every single down. So give credit to the Packers. They blitzed on many occasions on certain packages against third down, second down, especially against a two-point conversion where Russell Wilson didn't even see the blitz coming from Alexander on the outside. The Packers defense played a great game. They kept uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks to very little points in the first half. And Russell, and you saw Russell Wilson made this a close game. He scored a couple touchdowns and got a field goal. 
late in that second half and made this still a close game. Pete Carroll had an opportunity to go for it on fourth and 10, but he said he decided to punt, and many people say that was the wrong move. You're getting it to one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but I agree completely with the decision. It's fourth and 10. You're not even near, you're not even past the halfway mark, and that literally gives them a free field goal if you can't convert, which makes it an eight-point game, which makes it extremely difficult to score and score a two-point conversion just to send it into overtime. But what a game. That was my favorite game of the weekend, Sunday night. Great calls from Fox. Um, and got to hand it to them. It's going to be 49ers and Packers in the final for the NFC crown to go to the Super Bowl. Now, another game I want to talk about, the biggest upset and another game that was wildly talked about all over the news is the upset by Titans over Baltimore Ravens. Like, wow. Like, holy cow. This was something nobody really predicted. The Ravens were the most dominant team from week three on in the NFL, offensively, and became one of the best defensive teams later in the later half of the season. Lamar Jackson was unstoppable. There are no defensive game plans that worked against Lamar Jackson. He could run. He could throw. They could do whatever they wanted. Play action pass, run option. There was literally no defense that stopped them from week three on. And they come into, at home, they come to play the Titans who, this is where motivation comes in clutch. And momentum comes in clutch because the Titans weren't afraid of anything. They have the best running attack alongside with the Ravens. They have a steady defense, probably just as good as the defense of the Ravens. And they're confident in each other. They have momentum because they've got a great coach in Vrabel, but they also just beat the Patriots in Foxborough, which was a momentum shifter, being able to beat New England. Tom Brady, the best player of all time, Best quarterback, definitely. One of the best coaches of all time at Bill Belichick. And while, yes, the Patriots weren't a great team, coming into New England like that and beating them was something to be proud of. And that was Tannehill's first playoff victory. So he was hyped up. He was playing excellent. And what transpired in this game is the key momentum shifters. Lamar Jackson and... After letting up a touchdown to Tannehill, yes, they're down 7-0. They're still drive the, um, the the Ravens are driving on their first possession, and they've got no issues. They got a couple first downs. They're into Tennessee territory, but what happens is he over he doesn't overthrow per se, but Andrews is on a bump ankle, can't get as high as many think he could, and tips the ball. It gets intercepted. That's number one. That's a huge momentum shifter. Huge, because the Titans go down and score again, and the game is kind of getting out of hand a little bit. I know it doesn't mean you got to count out the Ravens, but again, throughout the game, fourth and one twice, the Ravens were eight and eight throughout the season. They they completed the most fourth down conversions in the league, and they're most effective at it because they have Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, Lamar Jackson heading the throne of the rush attack. And their offensive line is good. Very good. One of the best in the AFC. But the Titans stood so strong those fourth and ones, both of them were Lamar Jackson runs, that they executed it perfectly. And 
it went unfortunate for the Ravens because the Ravens were 8-8 eight and eight all season long. They were perfect from that position. So, of course, it was a great call to go for it. You can't, you can't go against John Harbaugh because they were already down. They needed a momentum shifter. But what happens is on these certain plays, the Titans come up big. And it sways the game big time. Also on another play, Lamar Jackson. He's got pressure from behind. I forget who the defensive end was that was pressuring Lamar Jackson. He came up, almost sacked him from behind. Lamar Jackson stepped up, but for some reason, he didn't think that the defensive end was going to continue to come and follow him. He, for some reason, forgot that the defensive end is not going to pursue him. And just two seconds later, after the step-up, he decides to try to throw it, and the defensive end's right there. I mean, of course he's going to be right there. He pressured you from behind two seconds ago. And then he causes the fumble, coughs it up, re uh, recovered by Tennessee, another big turnover. And then the third turnover by Lamar Jackson was the interception. He tried to throw it uh, across his body and doesn't get enough on it, leaves it behind the receiver interception. And that was near the end of the game in the fourth quarter, and the Ravens pretty much killed their chances right then and there. And now people are asking, is this an overreaction, Lamar Jackson, how bad he played, or is this what's happening? He's 0-2. Both his playoff games were extremely bad. He didn't play very well. A couple turnovers in each. But I want to say this. Lamar Jackson is going to be one of the best quarterbacks this decade and the next. His ability to run and pass the football is paramount to any other quarterback in this league. The only other comparison you can have is Patrick Mahomes. That's it. And the Ravens have one of the best coaches in John Harbaugh. A great defense. They're going to restock. One of the issues in their game plan was Mark Ingram was heavily injured. Only got 30 yards rushing, if that. And that really hurt their run game because while Gus Edwards is good, he's a good running back. They struggled and Lamar Jackson didn't have the effectiveness of the play action. They didn't have the effectiveness of the run option and caused this game to be tighter and more lopsided than it should have been. And now, of course, Lamar Jackson is to blame for some of this. He made three of those mistakes, cost them the turnover, and in playoffs, turnovers are going to hurt you big time. But he's still young. Give me, give Lamar Jackson credit here. This really was, I'm giving this as his first playoff game. Last year, he was a rookie. He didn't even have the complete playbook to play under. Harbaugh and the offensive coordinator gave him only a certain amount of plays to use, he didn't play the whole year. Joe Flacco played part of that year. So to discredit him for having a bad game and blame him for that is too much. But this year, there's definitely, this last game, there's definitely blame on him. He didn't play up to par. A lot of people compare him to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's first couple of playoff games were bad. He played all world in the regular season, got MVPs. I mean, Lamar Jackson's about to get MVP this season. But don't get me wrong, I do not. He's humble. Lamar Jackson's that personality that he's humble. He's going to keep working hard. He's not going to let the critics come at him. He's not going to listen to what everyone's got to say about him. He's going to dig down in the offseason, go to work. He's, he's already preparing for the next season, I guarantee you that. And that's what you want in an all-world quarterback like Lamar Jackson, and he will be. Already MVP once, and I guarantee you he's going to be just as strong next year and even stronger in the playoffs. So don't back down on Lamar Jackson yet. Yeah, don't give up on him, especially if you're Baltimore Ravens fans. Because he, you guys, and Lamar Jackson are going to have a plenty of great seasons ahead of you.
Another game I want to talk about is the Chiefs versus the Texans. Texans came out an early 21-0 lead, 24-0 lead, actually, based on because of a cough fumble from Tyreek Hill, um, a couple of great drives from Deshaun Watson to Will Full or, uh, to Kenny Stills and to Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. And it's important to note um, with a block punt as well. So their early first quarter lead, 24 to zero, was again the same thing like the Ravens did. They coughed the ball up a lot. They gave a lot of turnovers. The momentum shifted. Arrowhead was quiet. They were struggling. The Kansas City Chiefs had so many drops in the first quarter. They had four, I believe, four to five drops. Kelsey had a couple. Um, and uh, Tyreek Hill had one after he got hit big time, so you can't blame him for that. But some of the other receivers, Sammy Watkins dropped one. I mean, it was a, on third down, wide receivers were dropping passes everywhere, and you can't do that in the playoffs. But then the tide shifted, and this is why you got to give credit to Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the offense. They scored on the next seven straight drives, all touchdowns. All touchdowns. Texans had no answer defensively. For some reason, all of a sudden, they could they collapsed. They couldn't contain Patrick Mahomes and the receivers. And then Patrick Mahomes started to integrate the run game, and it was all over. Eight yards per rush for Damian Williams in the third and fourth quarter. There was no room as the... The, there was tons of room as the Texans were preparing for the for the play action and the throwing of Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes played beautifully. He elegantly ran this offense from the second quarter on, scoring seven straight drives touchdowns. Travis Kelsey integrated himself back into the discussion as one of the best tight ends. He had almost, uh, I don't know if he had 10 catches exactly, but he had over 130 yards. He had three touchdowns. And a lot of people were like, oh my God, Travis Kelsey dropped that pass on third down. This isn't going to be a good game for Travis Kelsey. Some of these wide receivers dropping passes. Oh gosh, something's not right. And he came out with the biggest game of his, one of his biggest games of his career. The rest of the team showed up. The momentum shifted. The crowd and Arrowhead's one of the best crowds in the NFL. Their chance, their support for the Kansas City Chiefs is unreal unprecedented for an NFL crowd similar to the Seattle Seahawks, New England Patriots, those kind of teams, especially like Green Bay Packers and Lambeau Field. But some things you got to question. Bill O'Brien for the Texans, is he the coach that you want going into the future? He's own four in the playoffs on the road. His only real good win was last week. So... There's some questions going on here against Buffalo. It was a tight game. If they lost to Buffalo, there'd be even more discussion of what's going on with the Texans. They've got an all-world talent in Deshaun Watson. He played excellent. He didn't play horrible. He struggled to continue this offensive team to try to get more points on the board after scoring 24. But the, the, he couldn't keep up with Patrick Mahomes, and that's the difference. Patrick Mahomes is just better than Deshaun Watson. But you also have to agree this, Andy Reid's better than Bill O'Brien by miles. Bill O'Brien's not the coach that you, I don't think you want for your team. He's been mediocre with the Texans. They've gotten in the first round of the playoffs. They've been division winners for a couple years now with Deshaun Watson. But it's more Deshaun Watson than Bill O'Brien, I believe. The defense, you've got J.J. Watt, you've got good players on the back end, and they still couldn't stop. Couldn't stop the te- I mean the Chiefs from doing anything they wanted on offense. And they scored over 50 points, and it cost them. And the Chiefs are going to move on now to play the Titans, which is going to be an interesting matchup. 
the run game, and the consistency of the Titans versus the high-powered offense and Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, again, there's con- uh, there's contract talks for him for an extension next year. He's probably going to be the highest paid over Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins of 29 mil. And it's going to be interesting that these two games next weekend are going to be fun to watch. I predict 49ers to make it versus the Kansas City Chiefs. What's interesting is both teams have played earlier this year. 49ers whooped the Packers. Packers played one of their worst games of the season. And the Titans beat the Kansas City Chiefs on the road, 35-32. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Great weekend of football coming up. And my prediction is going to be, again, 49ers, Chiefs, and I believe the 49ers come up top and win the Super Bowl. Once again, thank you guys for listening. That is Pinpointed Sports. We're talking all the Boston sports every week. Give you little updates. Check us out again at pinpointsports.com where this podcast will be posted. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Later.